Hello, and welcome back to the Upper Bowl GM Podcast. As always, it is your host, Nick Sararis, and we are here. I was going to do this Monday. I said, let me wait. I was going to do it yesterday. Let me wait. There were other things, more pressing topics I had interest in talking about. I need some time to talk about the New York football giants. Just everything that has gone wrong, why it's gone wrong, why it's never going to get better, and just the pure acceptance of that fact because of how stubborn certain people are, and why the giant fans who are still out there caping for anybody involved in this football team, whether it be the players on the field like Saquon and Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay and James Bradbury... Or Joe Judge. There's nobody left, I think, caping for Dave Gettleman, but... Or John Mara, who... There are definitely some dumb people out there very much still thinking that because they won two Super Bowls while he was the owner and Tom Cawthon was the coach a decade ago, plus now, he's a good owner. He's not. He's a very bad owner. And all you need to do is look at what we're going to talk about today. But before I get to that conversation, I do got to remind everyone, Please, please, please help support the podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the major podcasting platforms. This show is available there. If you're using Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a review on on Apple Podcasts. It's very easy. You just go to the show's page. You scroll past the most recent few episodes. At the bottom, there's five clear purple stars. You hit the one furthest to the right. Then underneath that is a button with purple letters that says write a review. If you could hit that, that would be terrific. Leave a few words of encouragement. The more written reviews, the better. The more reviews in general, the better. Same thing, Spotify has reviews now. Please leave a five-star review. That stuff helps the content creator a lot. It takes less than a second to scroll, find where you got to do it, hit the button. Please, please, please. The feedback helps a lot. That stuff helps the show. It helps other people find the show. That kind of stuff helps grow the conversation. And, of course, for my written work, Gotham Sports Network wrote a bit about the Rangers last week, written about the Giants a little bit more than usual. I'll have something hockey during the week. I think I know what I'm going to write about. I just kind of got to flush out the idea a little bit more. I spent most of my day on Wednesday going through a bunch of different things, trying to iron out exactly what my point is. But I think I have a recipe for improving the Rangers' play and actually making them good as opposed to what they are now, which is a team purely dependent on goaltending and the power play. I think we can make the Rangers an actually good team with just a few slight tweaks. I don't think you need a dramatic roster change. Uh, I think you add a little bit more of an emphasis on transition play and focus on the fact that all of your defensemen, aside from Patrick Nemeth and Lieber Hayek, are good skaters, and you really encourage them to carry the puck out a little bit more and play with a little bit more control and try to genuinely get better as opposed to just riding out the way they're playing right now, which hasn't been good. They're winning, but they're not playing well. That That's my main emphasis, the way I've, I've described it as a check engine light, where they've beaten some pretty good teams. They beat Tampa twice in two days, uh, three days rather, but I'd like to see a little bit more of an improvement from the way the team is playing in the macro, in the big picture. So, with all of that said, I'll see you after this drop, and we're going to talk about why the Giants are horrendous, why they probably won't ever get better, and why there's no point in 
defending anybody involved anymore. I'll see you guys in one second. And with that, we will get on into it. So, I have two things here written down in my notebook for ideas I want to frame this conversation around. Number one, it's an expression. I first heard it in The Sopranos. Believe Uncle June is the person who said it. Said, there are some people in life who are so far behind in the race, they think they're in first. That is what John Mara thinks about the Giants. He thinks the Giants are a first-class organization, the same lineage going back all the way to 1925. I mean, the Giants are arrogant enough that the address of their facility is 1925 Giants Drive because that was the year the team was founded. He thinks that because everybody loved his dad, because his dad was the one who insisted they share all the TV money amongst all of the teams, that... The Giants are just a first-rate organization. They don't make mistakes. They take care of their people. They never leave anybody out in the lurch. Everybody gets chances. If you make mistakes, you get plenty of chances to fix it. And that, in essence, is the problem. John Marrow believes what everybody said about his dad, about the organization, and he thinks, just purely by existing as owner of the Giants, those same virtues have been passed on to him, that... He's now a good owner because he's the owner of what was once a good franchise. I'll put that in air quotes because I never really believed all of that nonsense about what a great guy Wellington Marrow was or how what good of an organization the Giants are. I mean, the Giants have been in existence since 1925. The Super Bowl era is not that long, obviously. The Super Bowl era only goes back to the 60s. But when you've only made the playoffs 15 times in 50 years... That's not exactly a beacon of excellence, a model franchise for others to follow. Hell, the the Giants are getting referenced now. The bad Giants, the pre-1980s when Parcells got there and they kind of fixed it when George Young got hired. That that They're referencing the dark years, the pre-1980 years, when it was purely a power struggle between Wellington and his one brother. They eventually had the NFL eventually came in and stipulated, you got to do this or that. Otherwise, we're going to do the NFL would never do that. Now, that's one of the problems with the way the commissioner's office works anymore. It's not about the integrity of the game or making the game better. It's just about making as much money as possible. So they would never force a bad owner to sell the team unless they did something heinous, like in the Richardson case with the Carolina Panthers, where he was accused of sexual harassment of a lot of people. So they forced him, the league forced him to sell, and Dave Tepper bought that team. Unless John mara has got emails out there, unless he was on that email chain with John Gruden, they're not getting rid of John Mara. And Steve Tisch, Hollywood Steve Tisch, the co-owner of the Giants, has no real interest in the team being better because if he did, he wouldn't have a presence. He doesn't. He's a, he's a silent partner for all intents and purposes. John Mara runs the day-to-day football operations, which is always bad. You should never, ever, ever... Have your owner involved in operations because you cannot fire your owner. It is bad business to be an owner and run your own team day to day. If you want to handle the business side of things, John, if you want to make sure that the souvenir sodas 
that they're getting poured to the right amount, that the CDL, the CDL licenses, the PSLs, the personal seat licenses, I got my acronyms mixed up there. If you want to make sure the PSLs are going for the right price, fine. You should not be picking who's in charge of player personnel, who's in charge of co- college player scouting, who's in charge of player pro, pro player scouting, who's the general manager. Being an owner and not having a football president to be in charge of football decisions is bad. It is fundamentally flawed, and it is it is the fatal flaw of this organization that the Giants have somebody who does not have a football background beyond being an owner of a team picking the people who get to evaluate the talent. And that's where this all stems from. All of the other problems, they start at the top. And the biggest problem, the biggest the single biggest problem with the Giants organization right now is a lack of accountability. You've seen it now a couple of times. When they got rid of Jerry Reese in season and they brought in Dave Gettleman, when they brought in Ben McAdoo to replace Coughlin, when they brought in Pat Shermer to replace McAdoo, when they brought in Judge to replace Shermer, the Giants have kicked the can on accountability down the road. The owner does not show his face. He never is held accountable. He never takes questions. He boasts and brags to Ian O'Connor of the New York Post after they win one game in the season about how Joe Judge is the next Bill Parcells. He's the next Bill Belichick because they beat the Eagles once in the regular season. In a year, they might have the single worst record in franchise history. That is the level of stupidity we are dealing with here with John Mara. There is no accountability. The owner is never held accountable. So the general manager has been left to his own devices and never been held accountable. Dave Gettleman doesn't do press conferences. He, he does one in the offseason, one near the draft. That's it. Not once in season has he gone up there and defended any of his decisions. The team is fucking horrendous. There is no talent on this roster aside from Andrew Thomas right now. That is the only player I feel confident in going forward as a good NFL football player with a lot to still give the Giants. Anybody other than that, you're hoping. Xavier McKinney, maybe. He might be the only other player you can add to that discussion of maybe you can build with that guy going forward, but... There is no accountability. The owner is never held accountable because the New York media is still slobbing on his knob about how good his dad was at owning the Giants, even though the Giants were never that good under Wellington. John doesn't get held accountable. so And because he doesn't get held accountable, he's not worried about anybody other than himself. If it started blowing back on him, these problems might get actually rectified. Instead... John is looking to pass the blame off to somebody else for when it was time, when they needed somebody, it was Jerry Reese's time to go. He was fired in season, two games remaining. When it was Jerry's time to go, it was his time to go. John, It's not John's fault, it's Jerry's fault. We got to get rid of Jerry. We get Dave Gettleman in here. Dave Gettleman is going to fix the problem. I'm not the problem. The problem was Jerry. Okay, Tom Coughlin is a little bit too old now to be an effective coach at the NFL level. Eli, my quarterback, my franchise quarterback who's won two Super Bowls, wants Ben McAdoo as his head coach. That'll fix the problem right now. We get Ben McAdoo in here, that'll fix everything that was wrong with what Tom Coughlin was doing. Oh, Ben's not the guy either? Uh, I I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It It wasn't Ben. Ben's not our guy. Ben wanted to bench Eli and play Geno Smith in a game against Kansas City. It's not... Ben McAdoo can't be our guy. He doesn't respect Eli Manning. He's gone too. 
Pat Shermer. Yeah, that's our guy. He managed to get a really good year out of Case Keenum. They went to the NFC title game. We get Pat Shermer in here with Dave Gettleman. We are going to turn this thing around. Two years later. Well, Pat Shermer didn't... He wasn't able to get the most out of Daniel Jones. And we have real problems in our locker room. We need somebody who has a better read on how our players need to be treated in today's day and age. There were too many guys who were checked out at the end of the season. We need somebody who's going to build this roster from the ground up and build a program we can be proud of in a hardworking blue-collar image that the Giants are known for. We are going to go to the Belichick tree, and we are going to get somebody to turn us into New England South. Enter Joe Judge. And the farce of these last two fucking seasons. When I say I have been unimpressed with Joe Judge from the beginning. Yes, they won six games last year. Yes, they were in the playoff mix until the Eagles folded in week 17. Terrific! He does not understand how timeouts and the game clock work. I can say with full-throated confidence... I can manage the clock better than Joe Judge because I've played a couple thousand games of Madden in my life. Purely based on the volume of game situations I have been involved in because of Madden, I understand how to use timeouts, when to punt, when to go for it, and how to not get outscored almost 100 to nothing in the last two minutes of a half. I don't even care that there's no talent on the roster. You cannot get outscored 100 to nothing in the last two minutes of the half over the course of an entire season. It is flat out unacceptable to be that bad at game management and expect to get another season. I don't want to hear anything about how there's no talent on the roster. There's no talent on the roster? Okay, find a way to fucking make it work. The Lions scored 29 points with Tim Boyle, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Khalif Raymond last week. The Giants have more talented guys than that. Yeah, I know Mike Lennon fucking sucks. I know Jake Fromm shouldn't be in the NFL. You've got guys on that offense who are supposed to be good. Saquon Barkley was supposed to save this team. Kenny Galladay, they made the fifth or sixth most highest paid wide receiver in the entire league. Non-existent. Kenny Galladay has zero receiving touchdowns. They gave Kyle Rudolph a premium contract to be a number two tight end behind Evan Ingram, and he has been useless. Kadarius Toney has played four games this season. I don't care if he's going to be this hurt all of the time. There's no point. It's another Sterling Shepard. Yeah, Sterling Shepard's a good player. He cannot stay on the field. You cannot count on him. He's not a building block. Maybe Tony got a bad rap this year. He didn't have a full training camp. He wasn't properly conditioned, so the lingering injuries have been a problem. I'll give Tony the benefit of the doubt because the one game he was healthy and he was very good against the Saints in that game. The one game the Giants looked genuinely good all year this year. I'll give him credit for that. But where's the talent on this roster? The Giants have the fifth least cap space in the entire NFL. Don't tell me it's Leonard Williams. Don't tell me it's James Bradbury. Don't tell me it's Kenny Galladay. Don't tell me it's Blake Martinez. Where is the money? If you are that up against the cap, You need to have an elite defense. The Saints, with all of their offensive issues this year, yes, the Saints have a significantly better offensive line than the Giants, and that is part of this. But with Trevor Simeon, with Trevor Simeon, with some of the other guys, with Ian Book, the Saints still, 
were, I think they are still mathematically alive going into week 17 as a possible playoff. The Saints have a very good head coach, and Sean Payton's an offensive guy. And his only weapon basically this entire season has been Alvin Kamara, the running back. Other than that, Marquez Callaway, Jawan Johnson, Adam Troutman, Michael Thomas ain't coming back. Michael Thomas is probably locked in a padded room somewhere. Sean Payton doesn't want to see that guy ever again. The Giants spent a boatload of money last year on Williams, on Galladay, on Adoree Jackson to make the team ready to compete for the division this year. That was the goal. They spent all that money, and Dave Gettleman got up there and said, we think we know more about our guys than you do, so we'll worry about you worry about the offensive line. We think we're going to be just fine. The offensive line is abysmal. Daniel Jones is average at best. I will be kind to Daniel Jones because they have been abominable in his absence. Outright an atrocity to quote Stephen A. Smith talking about the Isaiah Thomas Knicks at one point. I believe that was the 2006 season. A genuine atrocity to the game of football is what the Giants played against the Bears on Sunday. Thank God I was at the Jet Buccaneer game. I at least got to see some good quarterback play. Zach Wilson actually looks decent now. I actually feel pretty good about where Zach Wilson is in his development because I've seen tangible progress. He knows now, to a significantly better degree, when it's time to just let the play die. Daniel Jones is going to put his head down and try and pick up a first down the second play of the game and fuck up his neck and miss the last six games of the season. And I'm at the point now where unless something dramatic happens, it's never going to get better. My good friends whose podcast, NYG Weekly, I edit, Ethan and Weiss have said, it's going to be Kevin Abrams as the general manager. That's the mindset. Accept it. If he's the... He's the guy they hire. Don't get bent out of shape because it's not worth getting mad about because the Giants are never going to learn. The mindset should be, it's going to be Kevin Abrams, and if it's somebody else, it's a pleasant surprise. Anybody would be better than Kevin Abrams. Anybody from outside the organization. Okay, let's take that back. Anybody aside from Lewis Riddick would be a good hire from outside the organization. And that, in essence, is the problem. The Giants are a family-run business. You can't fire your family, and that is the problem the Giants have right now. The owner of the team is the president of football operations. You can't fire him. His brother is the director of player personnel, his brother Chris Mara, who gets to pick all the players, and you wonder why the players fucking suck, because you have the owner's brother in charge of scouting them and picking them. Chris Pettit, their lapdog, has no idea how to evaluate talent, and you wonder why the team fucking sucks. And... They keep bringing in these coaches to do things a little bit different than the last guy, but no, getting nowhere near any closer to being a good football team. And here's the thing. Here is the thing. When you see what happens after the game, when you see that 11-minute Joe Judge answer to a very simple question of why should, you get a, why should the fans trust you're getting another season, and he goes on for 11 straight minutes, that tells you a couple of things. Number one, it tells you Joe Judge doesn't feel totally confident he's still going to be the coach next year, which would be good. Getting rid of Joe Judge is a good thing. He's not part of the solution, so he's got to be part of the problem. Just get rid of him now. There's no point in you giving him another year. He's not part of the solution. Lop him off. Get rid of him. Number two, Joe Judge knows what John Merrill wants to hear. 
it's kind of hard for somebody who's a career special teams coach whose only other possibility of getting hired in that hiring cycle last time around was the Mississippi State job that eventually ended up going to, uh, to Mike Leach. The was- He was the Washington State coach at the time. Everybody who watches college football knows who Mike Leach is, but that's who the competition with the Giants was. Nobody else was be- beating down Joe Judge's door to come be their head coach in the National Football League. Joe Judge needs seasoning. He is not prepared for this. He has always come across as a fake tough guy. He's always come across as, well, I'm a football guy. I'll figure it out. I know what I'm doing. Trust me, because I've been in football my whole life. That's terrific. I'm not stupid like John Mara. I don't believe you. Until you give me tangible results that you understand how the game clock, the play clock, the two-minute warning, and halftime work, you are still stupid. Joe Judge has come across as a high school gym teacher who took some acting classes, saw a couple football movies, and said, I'm basing my entire persona on the coach I've seen in football movies and TV shows. But he's not good at it. At least Kyle Chandler in Friday Night Lights. I feel like he could actually be a decent football coach purely on the dialogue he's got written for him. Purely based on the acting in the show, I feel like Kyle Chandler's good. Joe, I can't believe Joe Judge actually believes the bullshit he's saying. Number one... This is somebody who's been caught lying more than once in season this year. You guys remember a couple weeks ago? Excuse, a couple weeks ago. That was when the Chiefs played the Giants on Monday Night Football, and Joe Judge gave the excuse about the headsets not working, they hadn't been working all year. Then the NFL said, we've done tasks, we've made sure, there haven't been any issues on our end. That's not true. Then, in that 11-minute diatribe, he says, number one, the team isn't quitting like it did under the last coach. The Giants won two out of their last three against under Pat Shermer in that season before Pat Shermer was fired. So that's not true. Number two, he said, my team isn't fighting uh, fighting like other teams are around the league, pointing at Washington, who got smoked by the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football the week prior and had um, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne swing at each other on the sideline. The Giants got into a fighting training camp, and Daniel Jones was in the middle of it trying to break it up. And we all remember Joe Judge saying, I wish Daniel wouldn't get involved. He's a little more important. He's the quarterback. He should know better. So that's not true either. And then number three, he's either outright lying or he's admitting to tampering, saying that team guys who are now on other teams that were on the Giants last year that took more money in other places wish they were still with the Giants. So through deductive reasoning, a couple of people have figured out that it could only uh, the only players who are making more money now than where they what they were making on the Giants last year, Kevin Zeitler, B.J. Hill. Do you really believe one of those two guys would rather be on the Giants than Zeitler, who's going to probably who has no the Ravens can't make the playoffs? Talking about Zeitler got a big pay bump. He's on a good team. He's got a good coach. Do you really think somebody would say, I would rather play for Joe Judge than John Harbaugh? Come on. Do you really fucking believe? And the thing is, you can see Joe Judge saying these things in a meeting with John Mara. Like, let's say Tuesday during the week, Mara stops by his office after practice to talk with him. I can see him saying this shit to John Mara and John Mara believing him. Yeah, I just got off the phone with blah, blah, blah. You you remember him from last year. He wishes he was still here. We're doing something right. And John Mara leaves the office because he's satisfied with that answer and that explanation. These are very stupid people. These are very, very, 
very stupid people. And you know they're stupid because they're not making any effort to change the way they're doing things. They're not going to get rid of Chris Pettit. They're not going to get rid of Kevin Abrams. They're not going to get rid of Chris Mara because these are the owner's friends. And the owner's the president of the team. And you can't fire the president, so you can't fire the president's friends. And it's why no logical person from outside the organization would ever take this job. You're never going to improve because the owner is too involved in everything. The owner should be in the last meeting before you hire the head coach. The owner should not be in every single interview of all of the coaches. The owner is not supposed to be the one giving the football philosophy. That is why you need a true president of football operations. You need somebody whose sole objective is to get the most out of the football players on the team as possible. You do that as a football president, a president of football ops, by getting a general manager who understands what type of roster you want to build, and then a head coach who knows how to use that roster. Right now, the Giants have a general manager who the owner likes and is only the general manager because he had been the assistant general manager for the Giants 15 years ago, went to Carolina, got fired from Carolina, came to the Giants on the recommendation of Ernie Accorsi, another former Giants general manager. So we got that. We've got the owner's brother. We've got their friend Chris Pratt. We've got their friend Kevin Abrams, who've all been together 15 plus years. All of these people have been in the Giants front office for more than 15 years, and they've all continued to do that. Then you bring in Joe Judge, for who comes from another program, who comes from the New England tree, who just alone by getting someone from the New England tree, I don't, I think, should be a red flag because of how few have gone on to success in other places. You can say Bill O'Brien had a good, few good years there in Houston before he got control of roster decisions and he butchered that roster. I'd give you Bill O'Brien was a decent NFL head coach before then. Eric Mangini had two good seasons with the Jets before Rex Ryan got there. Brian Flores has been respectable in Miami. I think of all the, Bel- the Belichick assistants, at the NFL level, the only one I feel moderately confident in right now is Brian Flores. We saw Matt Patricia flame out. And then you could go down the list, whether it's Romeo Cornell, Charlie Weiss, any of the other guys, uh, Al Groh, any of the other uh, Belichick disciples at the NFL level. They've all been pretty ass. And yes, if you want to give him Nick Saban as the best college coach of all time, I will give you that one. That is a Belichick tree guy. But we're talking about the NFL here. You bring somebody who's not familiar with your mom and pop operation. And I don't think Joe Judge is qualified to be an NFL head coach, just flat out. I don't. But what the fuck do you think Joe Judge is thinking about right now? He's trying to save his job one more year so he doesn't have to go back to being an assistant. Because being a head coach is better than being an assistant. He's just in self-preservation mode. And the general manager was in self-preservation mode. And it's why he threw all that money at Kenny Galladay. It's why he traded for Leonard Williams and gave him that horrendous extension. That's why he signed to Dory Jackson. That's why he drafted Daniel Jones. Self-preservation. And then the owner... The owner just gets to lop the pieces off that aren't performing well, and he gets to skirt accountability himself by putting the blame on others. That's all this is, man. The owner doesn't want to be held accountable, so he's going to continue to lop these pieces off one at a time. Gettleman is good as gone. Judge, he gets another year and some... I'm assuming Kevin Abrams will be promoted, and they'll get some other poor sap in here to be the head coach after the 2022 season when Judge gets fired for going 5-12 and again. Because the Giants aren't good. Even with Daniel Jones, he, they weren't good. Without Daniel Jones, they're an atrocity. With Daniel Jones, they're just bad. That's really what we're dealing with here. 
there is not enough talent on this roster to be good. The coach is not good enough at coaching, at preparation, or game management to deserve another season or to get better players. It is hard to get worse in year two as an NFL head coach. Joe Judge managed to do it. Joe Judge managed to get worse in his second year. You cannot be outscored close to 100 to nothing in the last two minutes of 17 games. Do you realize how my how many fucking points 100 is in football? How bad it is to get outscored by that much in the last two minutes? And then if you don't win the coin to us and defer, you don't get the ball back again. You don't. You lose the middle eight, you lose the game. And it's crazy because it's something Belichick is great at. That is one of the things that has made the Patriots so successful over the years, aside from the talent and the preparation, is just understanding that we want to defer. We want to get the ball back three-ish minutes left in the half. We want to come down and score halftime, and then we get the ball again, and we can double dip, and we can score twice before the other team can touch the ball again. The Giants can't do that because the coach is not good at game management. It is a circus, an absolute circus of mistakes. Nobody wants to admit they're the problem. Everybody is just relying for themselves. And the owner, the owner and his brother, the owner, their brother, the two friends, the two Chris's, Chris Marin, Chris Pettit, and Kevin Abrams, it's going to be their show. It's going to be their show. And God help them, man. The problem is... You can't give help to people who don't want it. Short of institutionalizing John Mara, which I'm not opposed to. I've tweeted more than once that they should put John Mara in an old folks home. Put him in a retirement community. Put him in Green Grove with uh, Tony's mom. Get rid of him. He's an abomination of an owner. Max Kellerman, God bless him. Max Kellerman is not particularly interesting as a commentator, but he did say on his show the other day that John Mara should step down from being uh, being president of football operations because of how bad they've been. This is my last thought before I get you out of here. Again, like I said, with only me on the show, there'll be shorter episodes. Keep it a little more concise. Won't drone on and on. I could do another hour on the Giants being fucking stupid. I've barely talked about the roster and the play on the field, but... Tell me how it gets better. And don't say it's, well, all we got to do is get healthy. We bring back this group. We draft an offensive lineman and an edge rusher. Do you really think one offensive lineman and one pass rusher is going to make this abomination of an offense better? There are no easy fixes. Nobody wants to admit it's their fault. And nobody is willing to learn from their mistakes. John Mara will continue to make these mistakes. They are going to eventually have, have to have John Mara's corpse committed to an institution and somebody else put in charge of football operations it probably won't be chris chris will get to keep that director of person player personnel title the rest of his life from what i've heard it's one of the grandsons one of john mara's kids i think that they like to eventually succeed john as as the owner and the president of the team but god help this group man just think about the dysfunction we've seen in places like cincinnati las vegas and Dallas, those are three teams that have been lampooned to no end in this century because it's easy for the talking head shows to rag on Jerry Jones, on Al Davis, and now Mark Davis, 
And the Browns who own, yes, the Brown family, which owns the Bengals, I know that's funny, but that family escapes criticism for some reason because nobody cares. But the Cincinnati market is not enough, big enough to draw national headlines, so the national shows don't talk about them. The Giants are run that poorly. The Giants are run like the Raiders were at the end of Al Davis's tenure where they're drafting Darius Hayward Bay over Michael Crabtree and shit like that. That's how bad we're talking here. But no one really seems to care. There are plenty of Giant fans who are on the timeline right now as I'm recording this defending Joe Judge saying, well, he has no talent. What do you want him to do? He got to pick who's here. They gave him carte blanche. They got the, they traded back in the draft because Joe Judge wanted them to. They brought in Mike Lennon because that's who him and Gettleman wanted. It's on them. You don't get to say, well, there's no talent. The coach is part of the process of picking the talent that's here. I'm tired of Joe Judge. I'm tired of his mouth-breathing gym teacher attitude. I'm tired of Dave Gettleman's pompous ass. I hope they... F- that fuck doesn't even deserve a retirement press conference. He deserves a press release. That's all he deserves. He deserves a, pre- a press release that says, the New York Giants wish Dave Gettleman the best of luck in the next stage of his life. He's retired from the position of general manager of the New York football Giants. A committee will be formed to vet possible replacement candidates. That's it. That's all it should say. I never want to see his face again. I never want to hear his voice again. Put him on the back page of the New York Post with the clown nose and wig on. Good riddance. Never be heard from again. Take Chris Pettit and Chris Mara along with you. And for that matter, take John with you too. That pompous fuck. They think they're so much smarter than everybody else because their dad owned a football team. John Mara couldn't fucking find his way out of a paper bag if you put one over his head. All right, that was longer than I expected, but I, I got mad about the Giants, which is something I don't do often because they're just not worth the breath anymore. They haven't been. I stopped caring about the Giants sucking for quite a while now. Uh, since the year they drafted Daniel Jones, I've kind of been whatever. They suck. It's never going to get better. And it's not. It's flat out not. Okay. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to... The devolvement of my psychosis, another another step because of the New York football giants. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow? We'll probably go, we'll circle back, we'll probably do a little football, but I'll see. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the playoff scenarios. Friday we'll do picks and look ahead to week 17 on what games matter and that kind of thing. And then next week, Monday we got the national title game. I'm going to try and get one of a, f- I've got a few people in mind who I could do. Um, the episode from Monday with, but I do also want to be able to talk about the games. We'll see. I definitely want to do a national title game preview because that's some of the most fun I have on the show is when I get to preview individual or two football games where I get to look through both lineups and look for X's and O's and schematic things. That is the most fun preparation for me is just getting to watch tape and look at lineups and try and figure out what one team is going to do to beat the other. That stuff is fun. This is fun. It's good to be doing this again. It's very fun to be doing the show again. I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.